Devotional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 237. Welcome back to the front porch. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're having a great day, whatever day it is, whatever time it is. Hope you're doing awesome. Uh, I got an a great opportunity to head to Chicago this weekend. Uh, I spoke at the, the first church I was ever a pastor at, Emanuel Church in Gurney, Illinois. And so went there and spoke, had such a great time. But the cool part is that Patty and I uh, got a couple days in the city, and that was so cool. We got to reconnect with uh, just some really close family friends, and um, we got to enjoy the city, walk around. It was freezing cold. I mean, if you're in Chicagoland or the East Coast or anything other than the West Coast, it it is frigid. It was, and it's not even that cold. They were like, it's beautiful. It was like 45. It felt like zero below. I was like, I'm such a wimp. I mean, I grew up. I grew up in Michigan and Ohio, so I know the cold, right? And then we lived in Chicago for almost 10 years. So it's it's not like I don't know cold. I do, but I'm a wimp. I'm a total wimp when it comes to the cold. So, you know, it was fine, and then that wind kicks in, and it's like done, all done. Get me into a car, pump the heat. I am dying. And so we ended up I ended up renting this car and it had heated seats and a heating steering wheel. I just wanted to press my face up against the steering wheel. It was so so cold. Uh, but we just had the best time, Penny and I just got to disconnect for a little bit and be with one another. Uh, actually did a, a dinner there for uh, uh, the nonprofit I run, Phoenix One, and so that was really cool, and then also got to speak, so it was great, great weekend. I'm feeling a little bit tired today, though. Uh, I realized that, man, that really that really took it out of me. Man, getting older, like in your, you know, I'm in almost in my mid-40s, it just, I mean, I'm like, man, that kind of wipes me out, and it never used to. I could have done that all day, every day. But boy, oh boy, I tell you what, the older I get, it's wiping me out. So anyway, it was a great time to be with Patty and uh, and just get away and then also be able to do some things um, that I really love to do and hang out with some people that we really, really, really do love. So, hey, just want to say thanks again for listening. For those of you who continue to give on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Front Porch Confessional. Thank you so much. And for all of you, uh, all the others of you who give too, just really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thanks for purchasing the devotional, Front Porch Devotional. Really, really appreciate that as well. Okay, we've been digging into Proverbs over the last little bit. And I tell you what, each one of these, as I've been kind of sitting with them and soaking in them, uh, really powerful, really important. And uh, this one is not an exception. It is really, really good. Uh, Proverbs 18, 24, and it says this, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I'll read it again. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You know, I was thinking about it when I when I read this passage. The first thing that popped in my head is when we were kids. You know, I, I'm a kid of the '80s. Grew up in the '80s. By the way, I feel like the '80s were like one of the best times to be a kid. It was awesome. It was great. You know, I, I joke about it, but like my parents sent me in a wood into the woods with a machete and just said, "Have at it." I mean, I made forts. I mean, we didn't. Have, I didn't really didn't have video games. They had them, but I didn't have them. You know, I made forts. I the 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 forest was my domain. And so 
you know, it was kind of this, it felt like this, you know, like this uh, time period where, where it was still like parents were careful, but it was like, go have fun, get out there, be a boy, have a blast. And so me and my buddies, we used to all do that. But this is this passage reminded me that we used to do this thing like blood brothers like we would actually cut ourselves and and like put our hands together and that was like like shake a hand and that was like signifying like you're my bro you know like you we're blood brothers this means something and and so i was thinking about this passage and going like wow we actually used to do that and like how crazy i if one of my kids came to my wife and said guess what i cut my hand open and then my buddy cut up his hand open and we shook hands i mean i think my wife was like we need to take you to the hospital right now but back in the 80s it was like game on that's go for it <laughs> you know that's a boys world get after it and so it just reminded me like no as kids like that meant something like that was a part of like being a part of a, a like a childhood brotherhood uh with these guys you know these these friends of mine in my life and so i started kind of working through this passaging and going what well, that's really special but then it's also telling us something of the opposite as well and that this passage is incredibly practical right and, and it gets right after right after it. it gets right to the point which so often as you read through the proverbs the, the proverbs aren't taking a long time to kind of build up to help us understand things they're kind of getting right after it and if you've been listening to the last few episodes you know we've been talking about proverbs just it's like Solomon's the wisest man who's ever lived, and he's trying to give us the, these pieces of advice as he's one experiencing them himself, and then probably helping other people through them as well. And so, as I started processing through this particular proverb, I started thinking about how our culture, on the whole, has polluted, really polluted, the idea of friendship. And by and and what I mean by that is. It's like everyone's a friend. You know, I try to catch myself all the time. You know, I, I say, oh, that's a that's a buddy of mine or, or, or that's a that's a friend of mine. And, and really, not really they're a friend. I mean, it depends on how you define friendship, but they're, they're somebody I know, right? Or there's somebody I've been associated with or, or maybe I had dinner with them one time or, you know, or, you know, but oftentimes it's about association. And so I was like, wow, it's getting it's kind of like I love you. You know, it's like I hear people tell, I love this hamburger. Oh, I love my wife. It's like, well, everyone says I love you to everything and about everybody. And so it's like really hard to kind of go, well, what form of it or what does that matter? So so I think when it comes to friendship, friendship is something that, that means something. Like it's very deep and intimate. And yet I think our culture is just kind of, kind of bastardizing this word and so for many people it's complicated it's so unbelievably complicated because it's like everybody's a friend but why do i feel so lonely isn't it interesting like this particular word friendship it seems to be thrown out all over the place and yet we're living in a culture and especially the people i'm meeting with day in and day out they just feel lonely most people they feel lonely. They feel all alone. And I'm like, how is that? How can that be? And I I really think um, social media has created a new paradigm for us, a whole new paradigm that, that a friend, like literally Facebook, you add friends 
You accept friends. People send you a friend request. The vast majority, 90% of the people, 95, 97% of the people that are on our social media, they're not our friends. They're people who know us or have seen us or heard about us or they saw that you were friends with somebody they knew and so they friended, you know, but it's even just using that term like adding a friend or friend request, like how bizarre, but it's shaping our culture. It's shaping the way we live our lives. And, and I, I really think it's toxic. And you can see it by the level of loneliness that people are experiencing right now. You know, we're living in a time, and, and I've said this over and over, but it, I, I just feel like we need to connect this from our heads to our hearts. This In this period of time that we live, people are committing suicides at a high rate. People are the highest levels of anti-depression medication are, is right now. People are experiencing vast amounts of loneliness. In fact, all the studies, the psychological studies they're doing around social media are like, we are creating a massive, massive problem. And Solomon, all the way back then, is going, yep, 3,000 years ago, yep, it's a problem. And that's why he comes back to us and he says, look, a man of many companions will come to ruin. That there's something that's being ruined in each and every one of us as we stop or as we pollute this term. As we don't truly call it and keep it as this very sacred thing. My wife is, is so awesome. And uh, one of the things that she does, she's so funny, is she just doesn't doesn't accept friend requests people are sometimes will come up to me is like I, I requested your wife but she never got back to me and i was like yeah she doesn't really accept many friends like patty does not feel the pressure to to accept people on social media she just doesn't and i find that kind of enduring you know like it means like if she used to call you know if she calls somebody a friend they are genuinely and thoroughly a friend but she calls very few people friends and, you know, me, I'm like, oh, that's a buddy or he's a friend. It's like, no, Patty's on to something. She's going, no, if you use that term, like if we're going to use that term, it should mean something. It should mean something. And what I find with most people, at least of what I found over my lifetime, is that we know a lot of people, but there's a lot of people, they're not friends, they're takers. And, and I, I've had to really identify who are the people who are giving in my life. Because what this ruin that I experience is that I'm always giving, 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 and not really receiving. And there's a ruin that's coming to my heart and my soul and even my life. We start realizing like, wow, there's just a lot of takers out there. But real friendship, true friendship, the kind of biblical friendship that is being um, kind of given to us here and what is being advised to it is going like, no, it's something so much deeper. It's so much deeper. You know, it's, a, it's about this friend who sticks closer than, the, uh, than a brother. I mean, think about that. Closer than family. Closer than family. And this idea for me is just radical. It's just really, really radical. Because I'm like, who are the people in my life that I would say are like closer than a brother? 
I'm like, wow, maybe for me, this brings my heart, my life into accountability. Am I in, am I one like so spread out that I can't go deep with people, you know, and then I become a taker? Oh man, you know, and, and it really, this passage really messed me up in that way of going, who are the people in my life that I would be like, I mean, that person, they're like closer than a brother. That person, they pray for me. That person, they show up. And who are the people that I'm like, I show up for those people. Like, I, I care so deeply for them. And, and, and I would imagine if you're like me, that list is very, very small. Very, very small. Right? And we can see the ruin that is all around us. Right? Because we don't, we're not living out that second half. We've spread too thin and, and our lives just are are, are sick. And, and what is it that we're being invited to into this passage? It's sacrificial friendship. It's a friendship in which we're willing to sacrifice for. And, and I don't know about you, but like, man, where's that happening in my life? Who are the people that I know I could go to who had sacrificed for me? And that's a beautiful thing. Like I, I just think about this picture in, in a lot of the commentaries as I kind of was working through this passage. We're talking about David and um, uh, David and, and Jonathan in this it, this friendship where they wept together and they rejoiced together and sacrificed for one another. That was a friendship that was closer than a brother. I mean, they weren't brothers, but they were like deeper than that. And it's like, who are the people that I'm sacrificing for? Who are the people that would sacrifice for me? That I know, like, that's a real friend. That's somebody I can fully depend upon. Because sacrifice will lead to deeper friendships. And I just keep thinking, like, if you can't sacrifice for that person that you call a friend, they're probably just an acquaintance. They're just somebody that you know. And what would it look like for us to start rearranging and remodeling this form, this word, and this way in which we think about companionship with one another, right? That it's so much more than a word. It's actually something I'm going to sacrifice. And of course, like we always say, who do we look to? We look to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus sacrificed for us. Sacrificed for us. He showed us true love through his sacrifice. Greater love does anyone have than he who lays down his life for one another. Like that, if you can, if you can literally go, man, I, I, I want you. I want to sacrifice so you get ahead. I want to sacrifice so you feel joy. I want to sacrifice so you found peace, right? I want to be here for you and I will show up when you're in need. Like who are those people in our lives who really are modeling how Jesus lived. It's not about getting something in return. If friendship is about getting something in return, it's not friendship. It's not friendship. Friendship is, I'll go do that for you, even if you don't give anything back to me, because I truly love you. I truly am willing to sacrifice for you. And when we find that it happens on both ends, both one, that you would do that for somebody else, and they would do that for you, that's like closer than a brother. So cool. And I just love this idea that Jesus modeled this for us, that he's a true friend 
and that he sacrificed. And so uh, I really believe that true friendship will require us to empty ourselves in order for us to be really full. And I really love that paradox is that when we empty ourselves out in friendship is where we actually start feeling full. And when that's reciprocated on both ends and it's working together, it's a really beautiful thing. And this is what Solomon is inviting us into. So the question is just who are your real friends? Truly, according to this passage, who are your real friends? Father God, thank you that we can say that we are a friend of God. Wow, what a powerful thing to say. Thank you so much that you sent your Jesus, your son Jesus to die for us to make us right before you. We just say thank you for being a friend that sacrificed. So, take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time.